In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. This is a CBC Podcast. So I started watching this show called Reacher. It's a bit of a thriller action situation, and I was enjoying it. Then I saw that the internet is calling it Dad TV. And at first I thought, oh, it means dads enjoy it. Then I thought, this is not a compliment, is it? Today on the podcast, The Rise of Dad TV. I'm Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. This is Commotion. So lately on the internet, I've heard the term dad TV. It's been thrown around so much. Now, if you haven't heard of this genre, allow me to introduce you to a prime example. Reacher, come with me. No. Excuse me? Not until you let these zip ties come off. We both know I didn't kill anybody and they're uncomfortable. Get the box cutter. It's okay. I got it. You guys recycle. Oh, boy. That is from the TV show Reacher. If you haven't seen it, it is a show about the gigantic, muscular, former military dude who also solves crimes. And, yeah, he's got a violent streak, but also he has principles. Season two of Reacher just wrapped. Reacher is not alone here. Um, Apple TV's war drama Masters of the Air, which is about to come out, is being called Dad TV. And look, I'm a dad. And I watch TV. I want to know what makes Dad TV. So here to explain why Dad TV seems to be hitting its peak right now are two dads, Eric Deggins and Matt Hart. Eric, Matt, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hello. Yeah. Nice to see you. I, I feel like you should explain that that clip that you played because if you haven't seen the show, <laughs> yes, he's 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 been detained by he's the under arrest. His arms, yes. are, his hands are bound by plastic zip ties. And and when they say he can take them off, he just bursts them with his muscular strength. Full, full He-Man <laughs> to, style. To demonstrate to them that he could have he could have broken his bonds at any time. At any time. He chose not to. And we until should, they said it was cool. We should also <laughs> note the reason that you zip ties is because the handcuffs weren't big enough. Yeah. yeah. Because I I mean this is the genre of stuff we're going to be talking about, and I can see that there are smiles on your faces as we get into this. Eric, I'm going to start with you on this one. Please attempt to define dad TV for us. What is dad sure, TV? Sure, sure. It's it's not saying that these shows are just for dads. What it's saying is that these shows were developed from the perspective and focused on uh, what dads like. Hmm. Uh, they were they were configured to appeal to middle aged males. Is basically what I was saying. And middle aged males often are dads. Uh, so in Reacher's case, not only is he uh, sort of an action figure, you know, he turned into a person. <laughs> he's, he's in a weird way. He's GI Joe and Sherlock Holmes in one person. Yes. Uh, but he's he's also um, he's re- he, he doesn't have any responsibilities really. Uh, he lives this nomadic life where he doesn't have a mortgage. He doesn't have a car payment. He doesn't have luggage 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the only thing he carries around with him is clothes on his back and a toothbrush. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, it's kind of, it's a bit of a fantasy. I mean, in a lot of ways, it doesn't make sense. But uh, but being freed of all of the things that us dads often have to worry about, including our romantic partners and including our children and including our mortgage and including our car payment and including mm. feeding and clothing everyone, you know, to be freed from all of that is a fantasy that I think dads have uh, and middle-aged men have. Um, you know, here and there, and 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 to have a character that embodies that uh, at the center of a murder mystery show, you know, that's sort of the definition of dad TV. Yeah, I mean, like the first time you meet Reacher, he had just finished walking like something like twenty miles, and it's because he is showing up in this town because he is, you know, he wants to visit the the birth site of this blues musician. He's just mm-hmm. following a little niche interest that he has. And he gets into trouble, but you know that um, he finds his he, way out of it. He's basically uh, an emotionally crippled super hunk uh, that is also a drifter who gets justified violence taken care of. You know what? Uh, that's a very apt way of putting it. That uh, is quite a cynical way. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, no. He just uh, so, like it. I was. I was watching it last night, and there was a scene where. Uh, they were skeet shooting, which is like dad catnip, and they uh, were listening to Boz Skaggs, and I was like, wow, this is real dad all of a sudden. And I don't like – I mean, I'm a dad. I think it, people like to have a, like a new little phrase like, oh, it's dad TV or whatever. Sure. But you're absolutely right. This is just a demographic. This is what older men – I've got uh, – we can go further into the breakdown of what makes – a it's, show, a dad show, but that's gags. That's yeah, I think Boss that's gags. the line. Yeah, step on, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, let's let's do that. Let's get into the tropes and the cliches of the genre, Eric. What are the tropes and the cliches of what makes dad TV dad TV? It's it, it stars a man. It stars a man who is usually middle aged or on the young end of middle aged or acts um, middle aged. You know, Reacher's played by an actor who's a little young for that, but the way he acts. Is kind of middle aged, and it's so like you think, you think about CSI yeah. um, and the lead character there. You think about NCIS and, and Mark Harmon's character. You think about a show like Longmire, uh, Walt Longmire, that character. You know, um, they're they're often loners. Yeah. Um, they have trouble uh, attaching themselves to people, um, and the uh, major conflicts in the show are you know them feeling responsible for other people and navigating that mm-hmm. um and it's also uh, genres that men um you know find appealing so like westerns or action um you know and then there's also there, there's often a component where there's a lot of male camaraderie so there's a mm. there's a you know they have a crew maybe that they work with i mean for me and i'll, I'll just take you to task over this the number one dad shows uh, is yellowstone Yellowstone. Yeah, because yeah, it's sure. got, like, I mean. Kevin Costner's Yellowstone. Yeah, it's got all these things in it that, like, that are tenants of it. It's a man got, trying to uh, defend his land. Yeah, yeah. It's right. got, um, it's got, like, ethics. Old, <laughs> old, old school ethics. You know, how I was raised. How I was raised. That's yeah. a big one. There's, um, there's uh, hot ladies in it. The key here is suppressing emotions. That's, Yellowstone. We don't talk. We don't cry. We have a bourbon. Yellowstone is a show where emotions come out in violence and they don't really come yes. out in any other yeah. kind of expression, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Yellowstone is 
even the dialogue, Eric, is written in these like terse sort of short bursts. No one has long sentences of dialogue mm-hmm. in Yellowstone, <laughs> right? Like, it yeah, is, it yeah, is, it, that that yeah. is true. Although I think Yellowstone also mixes in a lot of elements of soap opera yeah. that mm-hmm. aren't typically found in dad TV shows, and I think that's one reason why it has a wide appeal. But I think that's also another reason why I would say it has a lot of elements of dad TV, but it's, it doesn't distill sort of the dad TV vibe in quite the same way that a show like Reacher does or a show like Bosch does or a show like um, like uh, Longmire does, where there's much less of the emotionalism and the soap opera ness Yeah. And it's much less about relationships between the characters and it's much more about the mystery that's at hand. Uh, or the the action thing that they have to do, um, and and the killer they're pursuing, and, and and not so much how do I feel about the fact that you know my daughter is my heir apparent, but she's crazy and I'm not sure she should take over the company. You know what I mean? The the soap opera element does have uh like an a, an actual purpose in this though because one of the tenets of Dad TV too I would say is napability. Like, can you, and I'm not being funny here, I'm not being funny, can you doze off yes, you for are eight, funny. To, to 8 to 13 minutes without missing something? A dad nap. Yeah, 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 a dad nap, you need to have those, and well, that's why you would, I, you you would know, select, you I, would I select what basketball. what I would say is that um, that describes low-quality dad TV, oh, because okay. really, I think what we're, what we're talking about is a genre that has um, series that, that execute this idea really well, and then there's, there's genres there's series that don't execute it quite as well. And, 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 and again, you know, I'm trying to talk about dad TV in a way that it's not a pejorative. A mm. lot of critics use the term dad TV to describe shows they don't respect. So they might include something like that as a description of it, because mm-hmm. ultimately they're trying to describe this genre that they don't think is good. Mm. But I think it's possible to do good dad TV. And frankly, if you, pr- if you produce a season of Reacher where you're falling asleep during one of the episodes, then you have made an error as a, as a person who creates television. Uh, or, or you know your audience. Show, every episode of that show should be interesting enough that you're engaged in it because it's an action drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you can't make an action drama about a guy hunting down someone who's, who's knocking off, you know, ex-soldiers or mm-hmm. who is, you know, assassinating people in a small town, uh, why are you making television? <laughs> you, hey, listen. You even even plays <laughs> even even plays have intermissions. That's all I'm saying here. You can you can take a little like I think it's like a clever move to strategically place this like an action dip. If you yeah, will. like have the important parts at the start and end because I'm I fall asleep all the time. Uh, Matt, in a streaming economy where virtually every conceivable genre and format of television is readily available. Mm-hmm. Why Dad TV? What purpose does Dad TV serve, do you think? Well, the the real true answer is that I think there's a bit of crisis in masculinity happening right mm. now. Uh, with with men of this age, um, you know, middle-aged men, I think you, for a long time felt like they had utility. And I feel like a lot of men uh, maybe feel like they've lost that utility. And mm. these shows can – you'll notice a lot of the violence is what we call justified violence where it's, someone's being protected or helped. Mm-hmm. And that's a common male fantasy uh, where you're, you're allowed to beat the crap out of someone as long as you're saving them from so, – like, or saving someone hmm. else from it or saving a child. or This justified violence is, is like therapeutic I think in some way. And um, it's, it's just it, – it, it's really like um, 
It's about distilling everything we like into an hour. We want an hour, and that's mm. what we've come down to here, and which yeah. was like Reacher. And it's good. It's just a guy coming in like a bull in a china shop, wrecking stuff for a while. I get my four-minute nap in, and we're good. But I'll tell you what struck me about the Dad TV as a, as a discourse point is that we don't tend to talk about stuff that men are watching as a collective. I think like that. I think there's a lot of conversations about shows that are not necessarily directly made to like middle-aged men. So this kind of struck me as like the first time we're like, hey, there is a genre of shows that is specifically catered to men, um, and so it's in a way this whole discourse is like revealing to me of. Uh, an industry dynamic that has always been there, which is like industry is always trying to make shows that appeal appear appeal to men, but we don't necessarily talk about or acknowledge that. Does that make any sense, Eric? Uh, absolutely. I mean, as a person of color, yeah, uh, you will understand that we don't often talk about what white people do. Yes, <laughs> we just assume that that's what everybody does. Yeah, you know, and we say things like soccer mom, and we say things like evangelical Christian when we really mean, you know, suburban white mother. And, um, mm. you know, religiously affiliated white person. So um, in the same way that men don't often call attention to how they dominate industries by talking about what they care about and instead present it as something that everyone is interested in. Uh, but when something like when these dad TV shows come along, they are so specifically formatted to appeal to men that it's undeniable what's going on there. In is the it, but is there you, something wrong with that? Because well, we do have like uh, you the know, Kardashians it, or the, something. The only thing I like. would say, mm -hmm. I'd say two things are wrong with that. Number one, when you pretend that you're not doing that, that you're not targeting male fantasies. I mean, I you know when I, when mm. my story about Dad TV went up, there were women who said, "Hey, I like these shows too," and I'm like, "Absolutely, absolutely." And I love shows. I mean, I love Sex and the City. That's a show that's not written from my sensibility necessarily, but I enjoy sure. watching it. Uh, but but to to try and pretend that a show that's formulated for female sensibilities uh, isn't that is not being true to what the purpose of the show is. So we have to say that these dad TV shows are formate, formulated to appeal to men and they're about uh, sort of how men see things. And then if women like them, too, that's that's great. But, yeah. you know, the problem is if we don't admit that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, then it, it's a way to not have a conversation about how men dominate things. Uh, and, and, and then the other thing is, if that's not also happening for women, uh, are, are we also getting enough shows that are, that are done from a female sensibility? And are they getting the resources and the agency that they need to tell the stories the way they want to tell them? Now, the answer to that question now is a, is a lot better than it was 10 years ago. Uh, but, you know, there was a time when we had all these shows with white male antiheroes and we were wondering, sure. you know, where are the shows for women uh, so that they can see their sensibilities rendered in a high quality drama yeah. or high quality comedy. And I think we still have to keep our eye on that. Uh, it's better now than it used to be. But those are the two pitfalls, I think. Uh, for, I, you know, TV. Th this is a great strategy that just came with me here. We're, we'll put a warning up at the start of the shows, and it'll yeah. be like a scale of how dad TV'd it is. <laughs> and it'll be like buy cargo shorts. Like this one's four or five <laughs> cargo shorts, or four or, you know, four or five old New Balances. <laughs>
I for see well. there you go again. It's associate, associating these jive things. No, no, I meant dad. I'm allowed to do it. You know, I, why don't we have the number of old spices? Yeah, hey, have, I'm wearing old spice know. right now, dude. Uh, I want to go back to something that you said earlier, Matt, which yeah. is that many of these shows, um, The Last of Us, Yellowstone, Bosch, they all revolve around a powerful male protagonist who saves the day, right? He ends up going rogue just a little bit outside the law. He prefers to handle things on his own, yeah, yeah. right? He doesn't get tied down. He doesn't show emotion. And that's what makes him effective at the thing yeah, that yeah. he's trying to achieve. Uh, Eric, what, what that leaves little room for um, in these portrayals of masculinity is – the, the flip side, right? Like the flip side of male toughness is male loneliness, the idea that you sort of have to go at it alone. Where is the place for a sort of nuanced portrayal of masculinity in dad TV, do you think? Well, I wouldn't say the flip side of dad TV is male loneliness. I would say that's a defining characteristic of many of these characters is that yeah. they are lonely hmm. uh, and they have a hard time admitting it uh, and they have a hard time grappling with it. Uh, through the through the beginning of the whole second season of Reacher, he's constantly being reminded that his old, the old people he used to command in their old army unit stayed connected, and he wasn't connected to them. Mm-hmm. And and he's constantly asking himself, you know, what man, what what's going on here? You know, every, he assumed everybody was like him, <laughs> and yes. that they didn't have photos of when they were together, and that they didn't keep in touch, and they didn't attend each other's weddings and funerals. But it turns out he was wrong. Uh, he was the only one who wasn't doing that. Mm. And, but, you know, the thing about Dad TV is that in the end, the conclusion is that Reacher is living life the way he's built to live it. Mm. And it works for him. So at the end of it, he doesn't change his ways. He doesn't connect to these people anymore. He kind of walks off in the sunset and he's ready to start his next adventure. Um, so so uh, so loneliness is a defining characteristic. And eventually they, they come to accept it in some way. Mm. Uh, because... If at the end of things, Reacher decides to settle down with a woman, then the character is forever changed in a way that's sort of at the core of what that character is. Like, for, again, for me, Dad TV is the idea that the bulk of the show is focused on male sensibilities. And the thing about mm-hmm. The Last of Us is that that character that Pedro Pascal plays is, of course, the kind of character we would see in Dad TV, and it brings a lot of elements of it. But the, the thing that's great about that show is that it moves around a lot and episodes come from a lot of different sensibilities. And that's the whole point of it. So I wouldn't mm. say The Last of Us is dead TV. I would say it has elements of it. But mm. if you really want to look at shows that distill this point of view, it's a show with a single male protagonist who is often lonely and reflects a lot of the sensibilities of men. And and what I think is different and interesting is that these modern characters, they are not uh, as sexist. Um, they, um, they, they, they may indulge in violence, but there's a sense that they do it uh, much less gratuitously hmm. and and they visit it on people who deserve it so i think uh, uh um i think th- this depictions of masculinity are changing yeah and they always flirt with the idea of emotional connection but ultimately they conclude that these guys these characters can't be emotionally connected uh in the way that typical middle-aged males are because it changes the character too much and that's the depiction of masculinity that i think is um uh, cautionary that's that's troubling. Yeah. This idea that that these heroes are at their best when they are not strongly connected to spouses and family and the people who love them. Yeah. And 
that's a that's a message that it's okay to live like that. So we got we got we got like literally forty five seconds left here. We're gonna do a quick rapid fire round. We're just looking for yeses or nos got- about these TV shows, whether they're dad TV or not. The Walking Dead, Eric. Uh, sort of. Okay, Matt. Yes. Yes, yes mostly. All right. Uh, twenty four. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, yeah. the West Wing. Uh, yeah. 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 Friday Night Lights. Ooh, yeah, I mean, it's football, right? Yeah, it could be. I think we're showing I would say it's, it's no. A... I would say no. Uh, say and then uh, Highway Through Hell, the reality show where they rescue trucks that are stuck. Yeah. Never seen it, but <laughs> probably yes. The, the, the rule comes down to this. It's like Larry Flint said. It's like uh, when they said, what is pornography? He said, you'll know it when you see it. That is a perfect place to leave it. Matt Hart, Eric Deggins, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Eric Deggins is an as NPR's TV critic. He was in St. Petersburg, Florida. And Matt Hart is a regular on the podcast and a member of the band The Russian Futurists. He joined me here in studio. Hey, I'm journalist Sam Sanders. I'm poet Saeed Jones. And I'm producer Zach Stafford. And we are the hosts of a podcast called Vibe Check. On Vibe Check, we talk about everything. News, culture, and entertainment, and how it all feels. That's right. We talk about any and everything on our show, from real-life issues like grief to music and movie critiques. And that barely scratches the surface. Yes, indeed. And it doesn't stop there. We have got a lot to say. So join our group chat, Come to Life. Follow and listen to Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I'm my mood, and you're listening to Commotion. Hey, before I go, I got to tell you, I'm always fascinated by the way that bands choose to call it a day. Sometimes it's like an abrupt announcement. It comes out of nowhere. Sometimes it's with one last album before they go out the door. Sometimes they do a farewell tour that never ends, so they never really have to call it a day. Well, Toronto indie rock band Tokyo Police Club have been around for a good long while. Their first EP came out way back in 2006, And after nearly 20 years together, they just announced that they are splitting up. This week, they put out this lovely Instagram post and they wrote that, quote, all magical things must come to an end. They said that they have a few announcements coming before the year's up, before they go, and that they are going to play one final gig in Toronto in November. So in honor of Tokyo Police Club going out on their own terms, let's go out on a bit of TPC. Here's Hot Tonight. Twenty fourteen, that is Tokyo Police Club and Hot Tonight. We're playing them out today because they just announced that they're breaking up. The band's final gig is gonna be in their hometown at the end of November. That's gonna be in Toronto. And that is it for the podcast today. By the way, remember you can listen to any episode of the show anytime you like, wherever you get your podcasts. And also if you got a moment, check us out on Instagram. We are at Commotion CBC. Tomorrow on the show, I am so excited to talk about the Oscar snubs, or so-called snubs. Did they really snub Margot Robbie? Did they really snub Greta Gerwig for Barbie? We're going to talk about this. The group chat has a lot of thoughts about that. For now, my name is Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'd love to see you then.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.